Welcome to another episode of TV or GTFO. My name is Gary. And I'm Sachin. And what we do here is we, what do we do, Sachin? We talk about shows from, uh, you know, days gone by, years past. That's right, yeah. Stuff that's kind of like been lost to the, lost to the vault of time or like, you know, just only exist on YouTube anymore or in weird Russian translations on YouTube in some cases. Yeah, that definitely applies to this case. In fact, I, before you mentioned this show that we're talking about uh, today, I've never, I never heard of this show. Um, I've never heard of it. I didn't know anything about it. I didn't remember anything about it. Uh, and what, what's the show? What's the title of the show? Okay, well, today's show is the Hulk Hogan Vanity Project, uh, Thunder in Paradise that ran for a whopping one season in 1994. It's funny, because I feel like this show is set in the 80s. Like, is it? <laughs> it's hard to say. I mean, they have a lot of technology there that I think is very 90s specific. But, uh, yeah. Um, I mean, like, the fashion and everything extremely seems 80s. Like, it's way, way out of date, even by 1994 standards, I think. Yeah, all right. So, there, like you said, one glorious season 22 episodes yeah but like four of those episodes or i guess sorry eight of those episodes were two-parters i think what happened here was they they filmed it as a movie yeah the the original the original episode and they were like this is solid gold we gotta make it a whole series <laughs> and it's not it's not it's i'm gonna not. Go right up the front say it's not solid gold it's, it's like solid, solid piece of crap it's solid nothing it's just i mean <laughs> it's it's so like inept at the way that it tries to do everything like diet from dialogue to wardrobe to casting to uh, yeah that i mean even in the first episode and i had this we'll we'll kind of cover this more but like in the first episode i mean this is a show about um a high-tech boat like it's just pretty much like your your night rider yep. but a boat like from the simpsons like night boat it's uh i'm gonna call it night boat from now on yeah the it's, the the it's yeah. night boat and <laughs> and like you know for a show that's about this high-tech boat and this group of uh of mercenaries i guess i mean they don't work for the navy anymore but they're they're kind of like guns for hire kind of thing uh, yeah. there's, you know, very little actual like boat battles in that first, in that first episode. Like it's all this weird melodrama going on <laughs> Yeah, and and it's like, you know, the whole time, I, I mean, I don't know about you, but I was like, when are they getting to the boat battles? <laughs> <laughs> like when are they going to get to the fireworks factory? Exactly. Yeah. That's funny. I mean, yeah, it's obviously you mentioned it's starring, uh, Terry, uh, the, uh, <laughs> Terry Hulk Hogan yeah. or the Hulkster as we know him. And, yeah. And some other random dude who's kind of his partner, I, yeah, I guess, this, sort of the... This other guy, this other guy that's with him, Chris Lemon. So you would expect, so basically it's Hulk Hogan and his partner, Brew, which is short for, I probably... Brew Baker. Brew Baker, sorry. Yeah, yeah. so it's so the Hulkster, um, whose character's name is, what's his character's name again? Randolph J. Hurricane Spencer. <laughs> right. Yes. Okay. That's right. He's got like eight names, and they but they just call him Spence for short. They just call him Spencer. Yeah. I don't think they ever. Well, I mean, in these two episodes, they've ever called him Hurricane, or <laughs> certainly not Randall. It was created it, starring a no-name dude in the Hulkster. It was 
actually created by the dudes um, who created Baywatch. Yeah, I mean, and that's extremely clear. I was going to say, if this had yep. nothing to do with Baywatch, they shamelessly ripped Baywatch off aesthetically. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, just the fact that, like, every single shot has, like, a woman in a bikini. And, if, and in other shots later on, if they don't have, uh, like, a background woman in a bikini, they will put, like, the main characters in a bikini just because, you know, that's yeah. just, you know, that's paradise. I suppose. See, what's different, I think what's different about, what we should mention off the top, what's different about reviewing something like this is that normally, like, we'll watch a first episode and a very last episode of a show, and generally, aside from the only other one we've done, generally it's like, okay, an episode of a sitcom is like 22 minutes, and so, but, but, but we, with this show, it was two, two-parters. It was a two-part opener, yeah. which was like 40-something minutes each, and then a two-part um, season and series finale, which is also forty-five minutes. So it was a lot of content. Like, yeah, to, this to get is a, this is super long. Like there was, and it used every minute of the of the hour and hour two almost two hour uh, season premieres and finale. Like it was, it was, yeah. it was pretty long for what it was. It was, and I guess kicking it off right away. Like right, the very first shot is ex- exactly what you're talking about. It's bikini, bikini babes, yeah, on a boat, just, just, just randomly. No, no, no main characters, not anybody important like to the that. story. Not even on night boat. They're not even like on night boat. They're on some, no. some random shitty boat. But here, here is what you see throughout the throughout the two episodes that we watched, and probably throughout the whole series, is them yeah. shamelessly aping things from the '90s. Like, and the first thing that you see. <laughs> Is the the rippling glass uh, from Jurassic Park that uh, you know was kind of this trope during the '90s, like to mean you know something's coming, and in this case, yeah. it's, it's night boat. <laughs> Let's just talk about night boat real for a sec. This boat, I mean, it looks like a boat, like it looks like a like a, you took a stealth bomber and just kind of crushed it down and compressed it into a boat. Like it's got the same sort of yeah. like matte sort I mean, of black properties of you know mm-hmm. what i mean of of a of a stealth of a beef whatever they're called you know the stealth fighters or whatever yeah but in the first episode it's like a small ass boat it's not yeah. it's not a huge boat no it's like a speed boat it's like a racing boat basically it's yeah thin. exactly yeah yeah it's tiny it's small and you see just the two of them kind of piling the boat it's not that big of a boat you would not think it would have a lower deck. It doesn't like, and if it did, it would be really a tiny lower deck that maybe you stored like, like fuel or, you know what I mean? Gear or something, or something like that. You know, like it's, it's like Star Trek down there with, with the amount of equipment and yeah. junk that they have down there. There's like, you see later that they're storing a jet ski down there and there's no chance. It's a bit, it's a bit like the TARDIS. Like it's like the TARDIS from Doctor Who. Like, yeah, it, it doesn't match yeah. the exterior size of it. Yeah, like you, they go down for the first time. You're like, no, I've lost all like belief in the in the in the reality of this. And they're sitting like behind these huge consoles that are like that would be in like a war sub, like you know, what I mean? a modern day war submarine. Yeah, with with equipment and everything like that. I mean, radar and stuff like that. I'm like, this is stupid. This is kind of ridiculous. And then all of a sudden, Hulk Hogan busts out of it like. With a with a full size jet ski out of the side of this boat that was no way bigger than the jet ski. Yeah, and it's like, where were they storing this thing? The the jet ski is like half the size of the boat, or it should be, but yeah, it makes no sense. Yeah, it night boat is like is a question mark to me. I mean, it's it, the show. It's Thunder in Paradise, right? And the oh yeah, that makes that's why it's called Thunder in Paradise. The, the boat exactly, is named yeah, Thunder. That's I mean, yeah. I was like, what? And it took me a while to figure it out, and then I saw. 
yeah, the the opening credits. But so so they're just, yeah. yeah. But I mean, their their so called stealth boat has the giant word thunder written on the <laughs> <Yeah>. side of it. <laughs> well, that's funny actually. Right at the beginning, where we see them on their boat, they're actually what I think is invading Cuba. Yeah, I had that exact same note that it looked like. You know, they're talking about communism, and they're like. I, I think there it's some kind of hostage situation with Castro going on yeah. that they have to rescue this woman and her kid so that they he can't be used as leverage by Castro himself to for yeah. uh you know to trade for hostages or something like that. And I mean like I'm not a history buff or anything, but I'm pretty sure in the nineties nobody was at war with Cuba. No, I mean they've had an embargo yeah. for but it wasn't, you know, you know decades, an active but... war situation where you're gonna go with this boat that's you know, absurdly armed <laughs> to the teeth. Like the the amount of weapons on this boat is like the whole <laughs> navy put together, and and they're they're just you know sailing into to Cuban Cuban waters. You know, armed to the teeth. So, right, exactly. So so they're going they're going to Cuba, and this is my favorite part. Like five minutes in, they're going to Cuba, and they have like a stealth option on the boat, which somehow makes the boat invisible with some like twenty second yeah. century technology. Anyways, so the stealth fails as the boat's approaching it, right? And so then all of a sudden, the entire Cuban army can see the boat. And the funniest part yeah. that I found hilarious was there's like a... there That Hulk Hogan is just making a hot pocket in the microwave they have down there. Like, Yeah. No, he's making... Okay, well, so he's making rice. Right. He's making rice in the, in, the, uh, in the microwave, just plain ass rice. And the other guy goes, what are you doing eating that? Like, it's some kind of weird exotic food. It's rice. <laughs> but it's like... <laughs> And he's and he goes he says something about like complex carbs or something. It's like the most extraneous dialogue. They're in the middle of a battle. Yeah, yeah. They're exposed. They're being fired on with like missiles and stuff. Yeah. It's like whatever. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna microwave up some rice. I'm just gonna make some rice. <laughs> I, I I wrote down hot pocket, but no, you're totally right. It was it was it was it was definitely rice. So the boat is being like shot the yeah. hell up, and then that's when the stupidness happens with the ski doo. And Hulk riding the Ski-Doo, launching, yeah. sorry, the Sea-Doo, not a Ski-Doo, the Sea-Doo, launching out of the side yeah. of the boat somehow. I don't, I, don't, I don't even... Yeah, it doesn't make any sense, the physics of this boat. Like, I mean, there's guns and stuff coming out of places that, like, should never... I don't know. Full missile, like a full battery of missiles. Yeah! Yeah! It's, it's... <laughs> like, several kinds of missiles, too, we find out later. Yeah, Nightboat but... <laughs> night is a question mark. Like I said, I'm going to keep saying that, because I just don't get it. I don't understand. Nightboats, uh, it talks. It, it talks back, right? Like, it, it reports, like, on stat, like, what's going on outside, being attacked, or whatever. And the voice they use for Nightboat, it sounds like it was a placeholder voice, but they just didn't replace it. You have to listen to it. Stealth malfunction. Status. Radar vulnerable. What? Clearly, they were trying to take off on on Night Rider or something like that because I mean it's it's Nightboat, but it's uh, uh, that this is kind of how uh, how Kit talked in Night Rider a little bit, like more more kind of casual and conversational and not in any way like any talking device. Even talks now, like Siri isn't even this conversational. No. So they rescue the um, the mother and the and they get back on and the child and they get back on the boat and then they engage in what what I would describe as like warp speed, but on water. Yeah. Cause they do it to evade a missile, right. Or something or the, the Cubans yeah. shoot a missile at them and they have to outrun this missile. And uh, yeah, the boat goes at like this absurd speed, like enough, fast enough to outrun a missile, which is, you know, jet speed basically. Right. Yeah, basically. Yeah. 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 I, maybe we shouldn't question the, 
<laughs> the like the reality of the boat because the boat dictates its own sort of reality. You know what I mean? Yeah, it absolutely does. I mean, in universe here, this boat is like it can do anything that that the writers <laughs> that the writers tell it to do. It's it's there's no there's no accounting for physics or anything like that. It's you know it's yeah. night boat. It's night boat. So this is just the intro. They 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 save the woman and the child, and they go back to the beach in Florida mm-hmm. because that's their yeah. Their home base, right? Yeah, so they're at, they, they show up at this hotel, which is basically going to be our setting. Spoiler alert for almost the whole rest of this episode, uh, <laughs> in case you were, you know, super attached to these, <laughs> to the boat. It's, uh, um, Forget so the we, boat. Uh, we we uh, end up at this hotel, and yeah. uh, we meet uh, the bartender, who is, uh, uh, I forget her name. Uh, I believe she's the sister of the owner. And and weirdly enough, she re- she stays and uh, she's still there in the uh, in the finale. Yeah. But the other main character, her sister, is not there. Weirdly. Yeah, she's just gone. Maybe she died or went to back to England Maybe. or something like that. Yeah, that would be pretty heavy for Thunder in Paradise, I think. Probably, but, uh... yeah. <laughs> heavy themes, heavy <laughs> themes. Because we literally get another. As soon as we get back, it's like a three minute bikini shot gratuitous like women yeah, in bikinis. I, mean, I, like... Would, I, would, I would honestly really like to know how long this episode or or either of these episodes would be if you cut out all of those shots like that it's just random bikini women cavorting in a pool like that's that's i would say probably at least a solid half hour out of these out of each of oh, these yeah. two episodes easily it's like i mean i get it you want to use it to establish a shot that you're at the beach or whatever but it just keeps going on and on with like different women it's just literally the beach and i guess the resort populated there's a few guys here and there and you don't I, maybe a couple yeah. kids but it's it's like 90 percent bikini women in their 20s cavorting like you say like playing around in the pool like throwing the ball running and drinking like yeah. it's baywatch i mean it's essentially baywatch without you know bothering itself with the reason for why these people are here or anything like that like i don't even think baywatch was this gratuitous no no and it was set on a beach it was not this gratuitous absolutely not yeah so we see uh so we meet uh the bartender and the bartender's talking kind of gives us the exposition about uh how uh the hotel is being sold because uh the owner the owner's daughter the owner's passed away and uh his daughter is in the will but um she has to get married before she can uh collect uh her inheritance, which is, you know, the weirdest, uh, <laughs> the weirdest provision in a will. <laughs> but uh, she's got to spend a night in a haunted mansion. It's it's all yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they've he's hired this crooked uh, or the uh, the dead guy, I guess, as his best friend is the executor of the will, and he's kind of the villain here, yeah. trying to to buy the hotel out from under uh, the daughter. Yeah, and and then we all and we're also introduced to another character, and I thought it was. It's like a little girl, and I thought it was the hoaxer's daughter, but yeah, I mean, speaking of daughters, there's this is going to be like the ongoing, you know, the uh, the um, uh, age of Larry kind of of this episode because I have no idea if this girl is Hogan's uh, biological daughter or if she's you know adopted or something. I mean, they already yeah. have a clear father daughter relationship or that style of relationship. But it's not clear if they're just friends or if they're just, you know, or if they actually are related. Because he doesn't seem to have any real relationship with, with the girl's mother. No, and that's what's weird. I mean, it's it seems like a really 
basic thing to set to to like just put a line in or you know a basic like yeah. thing that you would want a viewer to know like well, he has this weird relationship that he just with this little girl that he just know like and the first scene the the best thing about it is he, the first couple of scenes um that he's interacting with this little girl he, he there's like a dead shark and he's like pulling garbage out of the shark's stomach yeah with the <laughs> I little girl I don't understand girl. this like what how did the shark get here? Why was it not cleaned out before it was just left on the beach? But why is there all this garbage in there? There's like a license plate he pulls out. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and and eventually the the kind of key plot plot device for this uh, for this episode is this you know this necklace yeah. that he pulls out of there and he gives it to the girl because you know what? Why wouldn't you do that? That's super hygienic. Just uh... <laughs> I feel bad for the guy. I thought I think it's like one step above like dumpster diving for gifts for your child like that yeah yeah you it's like it's a it's a dead shark with garbage yeah. but then he finds this nice looking necklace oh here you go sweetie just wipe the blood off of it and then the very next scene they're parasailing like it just jumps to them parasailing like tandem yeah tandem parasailing but still like yeah, and the mother is not happy about it either and funny story about parasailing um, Hogan's actual uh, real life best friend Brutus Beefcake who shows up in the next scene yeah. um, he had a real life accident parasailing and had to get facial reconstructive surgery I think oh, two years before this <laughs> before this show aired before the show aired? oh man that is ridiculous so he's going he's parasailing it, everything like that and I guess we meet the girl's mom yeah so this British lady who named Megan, who is the, uh, um, I guess, the rightful heir to the entire hotel. She wants to cut a deal where um, she can marry Hulk Hogan and she gets to keep the hotel. And she's going to give Hulk Hogan 30 grand to pay for um, the outstanding debt on Nightboat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's because, that's you know, up. I guess Nightboat is expensive to build and run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, sorry, it was 93000 It wasn't 30000 It was 93 oh, okay, I wrote yeah. that So, down. you know, it was a pretty, pretty, you know, good chunk of money uh, for the early yeah. 90s. And, uh, um, oh, and another plot point here that's kind of important is that um, uh, while Hogan is hanging out with, uh, with the kids, whose name is Jeff, uh, uh, a random man takes a picture of her that ends up uh, in the in the paper. Yeah, I wrote that. That was totally not creepy at all, and was totally normal. Yeah, I know, and and you see that kind of throughout the episode, like men taking random pictures of women, and and them just being like, "Oh, you." But uh, yeah, it's kind of bizarre. Yeah, and just to give a visual image, I made a note. He look Hulk Hogan here. He looks like a like a leather, like a dark leather suitcase that's been like rubbed in oil. Yeah, Hogan's skin is. Uh, yeah, he he's like a, hot, a walking muscular hot dog. Yes, yes, absolutely a muscular hot dog. That's perfect. But it's been it's been overboiled, overboiled. Like it's just yeah, like yeah, me. way overdone. So there's just a random like. There was that one scene where there's like an arm wrestling match on the beach. Yeah, there's uh, so that is uh, Jim the Anvil Neidhart of the Hart Foundation and Brutus Beefcake, nice. both like real life friends of Hogan that he 100% got cast in this in this show, uh, not <laughs> because of their acting ability, but probably because they were around. Before that scene, though, there is um, uh, there is this scene with uh, uh, Brew, I guess the guy's name is. Yeah, uh, giving a lecture to the boat, like they've kind of, you know, uh, anthropomorphized this this boat, and the guy is like giving this motivational uh, lecture to the boat 
I think, and also chastising it for uh, having the stealth fail. Yes. It's very, very strange. So he agrees, he, he does agree to get married, and it's their wedding day. And do you remember what Hulkster was wearing? Oh my god, how could I forget? It's, he's, so he's wearing, <laughs> it's like a tuxedo shirt, like a white-on-white tuxedo shirt, and like the 80s sunglasses that ever were ever created. I wrote down that he looked like a white Cat Williams. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. In a tuxedo shirt, a bow tie, and the stupid glasses, and the hair... Yeah. Uh, it's the it's it's it was like at that point it was like an hour into the show and it was like the first time we hadn't seen him without his stupid hat on. We, we know the we know the underlying reason for this as uh, um, uh, I've kind of been following this uh, Gawker trial that he uh, that he had and he testified before the court that he's super insecure about his hair and like refuses to go anywhere without a bandana. He testified in court wearing a bandana. Well, I mean, I, I don't blame him. Like, I, it literally looks like his hair melted off the top of his head and then all the way down his back. Yeah, he looks like one of the mutants from Fallout. And speaking of the aesthetics of, of Hogan, um, uh, what we didn't mention is that he's been wearing an eye patch up until this point. And, uh, yes, yeah, and we it's didn't not really that. clear that he's missing an eye or what has happened to his eye. Here, here's what I think happened. And I was watching and I was thinking about it. He, he probably wrestled or something like that. Some, or did some fighting before they started filming and he actually got a legitimate eye injury. And so they just had to cover it up. Yeah. And then as, as filming progressed, I feel like it, you know, it's going to naturally sort yeah. of heal. And so they just had to cover it up where it was just some guy that, you know, yeah. punched him or they something. They never really like go that. into it. I think they do say that it was somebody that punched him, but it was it sort of kind of hand waved away. And uh, oh, and right before this scene, um, you see like this random girl that I guess he's been banging uh, come up and is like yes, openly making girlfriend. out with him in front of in front of his <laughs> yeah. his bride. Yeah, and then uh, so the next scene is the wedding, and you see he's wearing the uh, yep. the blue bandana. And I wrote down in my notes that um, the wedding song or the wedding music is like menu music from a Wii game. I wrote down that the the um, at the wedding the extras are dressed like when Saved by the Bell was set at the Summer Country Club with Mr. Carosi. Yeah, yeah, it's their like obvious resort casual wear. So so they get married, everything's fine, and the bad guys in it, who are these arms dealers, sees the photo of the girl mm-hmm. in the newspaper wearing the necklace. They want to get the necklace, so they show up to literally steal this necklace from a little girl. Yeah. And they do it in some sort of, they, sorry, they attempt it in some sort of dodgy way, but in the end, the guy just, he gets the necklace. Hulkster sees this, runs after the guy, but then uh. this Dude emerges from the limo. Yeah, who's also a wrestler. This is Giant Gonzalez, who uh, uh, who is this giant, like real life wrestler. So uh, they they scrap it out, and they they have this horribly blocked fight where like uh, uh, Gonzalez like picks him up and and chucks him around and stuff, and um, uh, so they're going after the necklace, and so he, eventually he fights the main bad guy. And they're fighting over the necklace, and the necklace breaks and scatters all over the sand, and the the arms dealers get away. Yeah, yeah. He throws him. That giant dude th- throws Hulk Hogan into like a a full size hut, and the hut yeah. just explodes. Just destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> what? Such <I don't> <laughs> so a crappily made hut on the beach. <laughs> um. Yeah. Yeah. So so they get away, and they but but uh, but the good guys and the little girl whatever they recover all the pieces to the necklace and it turns out like i don't know why 
he's so attached to this necklace, really. Like, I mean, they, they literally just got this necklace. But uh, yeah. they, they go and reassemble the necklace uh, from the yep. pieces lying on the ground. And it turns out to be a map. Right. And it's a map to this island. And so they're all like, let's go to, you know, let's go to the island. Um, yeah. One thing in the scene that was kind of uh, weird was uh, they're like, oh, what are, what are we going to do tonight? What are we going to do? And the little girl is like, oh, it's your wedding night. Like she's telling them to go bone. I actually like that scene in part in the scene where the little girl is trying to put the necklace back together and Hulk don't give a fuck. He just, he just pulls out this huge stogie and starts yeah. smoking it right in front of the little girl. And, and, and whatever, I mean, in modern times, I guess it's a lot, a lot different than back then, but even the woman, like uh, the British woman comes over and starts like going, <laughs> but yeah. Hulk don't care. He just Yeah. Stops and it's never, it's never like mentioned or anything. She's just coughing because he's smoking right next to her. <laughs> So they go. So they go to the. Oh no! Sorry, the the little girl and um, the the woman, the bartender, they get kidnapped. Yes. Uh, this this is also going to be a running theme throughout the show. They uh, they go to where this island where the uh, the treasure supposedly is, and they're sitting on this rock. And it turns out the rock is it happens to be where it is because Hogan climbs a tree and sees that the rocks are in the formation of a giant X. So I was that, I had a problem with this scene and. Uh, it's like I don't know, maybe like a fifty-foot palm tree. He scales it, and the yeah. wife and the and the British woman's like, "What's he doing now?" And Brew goes, "Looks like he's climbing a tree." <laughs> like that's not really even just, a joke. Like <laughs> no, it's not. But I was like, and then and but when you look at the wide shot, and I looked at it again. The rope is already attached to the top of the tree. Oh yeah, I mean. So well, come on. <laughs> they find where the spot on the the map is marked, and in another sort of like defiance of uh physics he the hulkster he like lifts this rock this giant rock they've all been sitting on this rock and it's huge but it's like two tons it's yeah. like two, it's like it's the size of a car. at least two tons yeah it's, it's comically large so they descend into this hole uh like a cave rather that yeah. was hidden under the rock indiana jones style um there's a snake there in it you know because Snakes, Indiana Jones, they got to do that, right? And uh, the woman, the wife, the British woman's afraid of the snake, but the Hulkster gives it a kiss? Yeah, I, I don't know what they were trying to prove here, but... Uh, He's like, I'm uh, going to kiss this snake. And then yeah. he kisses the snake, and I was All right. I was just confused. I didn't get it. Yeah. I didn't understand. Yeah, and okay. the uh, so the bad guys show up, and this, this, yep. these dudes are demented. like, Or the main guy, at least, is demented. Like is yes. he's overacting so badly here that he's yelling, <laughs> screaming, yelling. It's just yeah, it's a super chewing scenery everywhere he goes. I'm gonna play a clip. Hold, hold on, I'm just a quick clip to give you an example of how ludicrous this guy sounds. Now, you woman, move here, move your body now. You two, hit the bag, the jewels, the money, the diamonds. The keys to your boat, put them in the bag, tie to the rope, send it up! Uh, you don't want to steal our boat. Is that right? Shoot the woman. Okay, all right. Yeah, and oh, they're going to steal a night boat. They're like, we're going to take night boat from you. Oh, no, yeah. right? And then they... So they, so they take the kid, and uh, uh, they go over to the boat, and they're like, okay, we're going we're gonna to just take the boat. And the boat uh, talks to them and is like, oh, it's the wrong weight, or the, you have the wrong weight. And, uh, yeah. you know, the boat is going to execute, you know, countermeasures in 10 seconds. And after 10 seconds, uh, the boat is electrocuting them. And it is, I wish I could show this on the podcast, but it is 
I've seen fourth graders do a better job of pretending to be electrocuted. They're <laughs> yeah. just standing yeah. there and they're just kind of like gently vibrating. It's, it's, it's horrible. So, all right. So they're trapped in, oh yeah, we, we didn't mention they're trapped in the cave, or at least they think they're trapped in the cave, yeah. right? And, and we got this interminable scene of them trying to get out of this cave. Oh my it God. Yeah. They're, they're like trying to swim through an underground passage and the Hulkster, he goes first because he can breathe because he's a, like a long time because he's a Navy, former Navy SEAL, yeah. right? So he, what baffled me about it is he swims for like a few minutes in this underground, sorry, underwater um, tunnel. He he gets to a point where he can see the surface of the like like the ocean. Yeah. But he doesn't he doesn't like like come up for air. Yeah, he goes back, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He just goes back. Why didn't you just stop to take a breath? Yeah. Like he, you know what I mean? Oh, it made me angry. It made me so angry. So he finds the way out. He leads them out, and it's super dramatic. But somehow they find themselves directly under nightboat. Yeah. Like how did they work that out? They, they, I don't know. They, they just come out of this cave, and they're in a, the the random hatch that's perfectly placed for them to, to to go back into the boat. So they're back in the boat, and they got to plan their attack. So, but he st- but a Hulkster stops because he's got to put his war paint on. He's got to put his face paint on. Yeah, for psychological warfare, he says, and I'm doing the biggest air quotes in the world. It's like even though he's not in the jungle, he's in the ocean. He, he's in no hurry to do to, to get her. He's got to paint up his face. So, and then we get the scene that I have in my notes is like it's like Metal Gear, but he's in these little shorts. They're like the tightest, smallest shorts, and he's like a muscular dude, yeah. so it emphasizes it. Yeah, and he's got like tactical gear on his upper body, yeah. but on the bottom, it's just these little yeah, shorts. nothing, <laughs> practically nothing. So he climbs, so he he jumps up, or he goes leaves the boat. He jumps on the bad guy's boat and starts taking out dudes like Rambo style, choking them out, pulls a knife. Yeah, uh, karate dude kicks it out of his out of his hands, whatever. And then in another homage to Indiana Jones, he just punches him out. And, uh, yeah, it's just this, you know, he's just single-handedly just wrecking everybody. And uh, eventually he comes up to uh, the Gonzalez guy and uh, um, uh, he beats him up too. And uh, he falls in a hole and presumably dies. Yeah. We we just assume. Oh, wait, wait. another thing I wrote down when they were fighting is there was the, there, he smashes um, he smashes the the main bad guy with a chair, like a dining chair. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> on the boat, on the outside of, on like on the outside of. It's not like a yacht. It's just a regular like boat, right? Like it's just a fishing boat. And there's yeah. just like a dining chair that just happens to be sitting off camera. And he grabs it and he smashes it. Maybe like Hulkster fans of the day wanted to see him smash a chair. Yeah. So they cap, but but they capture him. They actually do capture him. Yeah, they capture him and uh, the and Jess, the little girl, and uh, Kelly, the bartender. Yes, and uh, they're all uh, chained up and they're chucked into the water. Um, and the girl, I mean, is looks like she's drowning. But uh, yeah, um, but um, uh, he Houdini's out of uh, the chains and saves everybody. Saves everybody. They go back to nightboat. Yeah. Um, yep. and, and yeah, uh, that's, I mean, now they're, now they're shot with another missile Yes, and they have to do the same gimmick again where they, <laughs> where he kicks in the thruster, I guess this time it works and, uh, they evade the missile. And the best line when they're leaving after they've escaped that is like, they, uh, oh yeah, they, we didn't even mention they were, they went looking for treasure, right? Like 
That's oh yeah, that's right. There yeah. was some treasure. There was some treasure in the cave. Yeah, they found uh, and they the, found treasure you know. in the cave. We totally forgot that. Yeah. that was the point of them going to look for. Yeah, I mean it was a treasure map. Yeah, yeah and they found the treasure, but they left. But they it left there. it there. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then the guy at the end is like, "What's the line?" He's like, "What about the treasure, man?" And then the other one's like, "There's always another day <laughs> in paradise." And I was like, oh. "Yeah," and I put in my notes just what like that that line that's not a response to that line, <laughs> but. Uh... And then the most disgusting thing happens. So disgusting that I can't even talk about it. This is the worst. I don't understand this last scene at all. Like it's, I I realize that they have to. Um, so I think what's happened is the uh, the the executor yeah. of the will the guy who's trying to buy the hotel uh, has set up secret cameras to verify that their marriage yeah. is legit. And this is never explained no. before this scene. This, I mean, it's, it's like you see Hogan in bed and um, uh, Megan, the, uh, the other girl, uh, she comes into bed and it, for all the world, it looks like they're, you know, having a legit yeah. sex scene. And then you see these two guys watching and they, they explain that he's, you know, he's had cameras there and they're wondering, like, do they know that there's cameras? And this is really uncomfortably uh, the same as what really happened to Hogan in this Gawker case. Yeah. Like, so, un- unknowingly being filmed having sex. And uh, uh, that's that's what he sued Gawker for. So it's very like art imitating life here. But, you know, decades before. I was upset. It was upsetting to, to watch to watch that for me. I didn't like his groans. I was put off by his his Hulkster groans. No, Hogan's groans. Like, I mean, this you I, I think you, you need to put a clip in here because I mean, it's it's disgusting. All right. Take it a is. listen. Oh, 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 oh. It was it was hard to watch, and yeah. that's how they close out the episode. They close out the episode with them going, uh, 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 and it's horrible. That's that's a pretty good impersonation. No, I, I was also I was also mildly bothered by the fact that the uncle, sorry, it, it's the woman's uncle who was watching her have sex, as far as he knows. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's the executor of the will and and her uncle. So he's watching her do this, and the guy's like, "Yeah, it looks legit. It looks right. you know, in so many words." He's like, "Yeah, no, they can't be faking it. It looks." Yeah, they don't even know there's a camera here, and all this and that, and it's just like it's disgusting. <laughs> and that's how that episode ends. Yep, and that's the end of the first episode. Which brings us right into part two, or sorry, uh, part two of the podcast, which is the season finale, which is actually the series finale because the it was series only... finale. Yeah, this was this was it for Thunder in Paradise, and um, <laughs> unsurprisingly, uh, already already there's uh, some changes that you notice uh, almost right away, but I mean. Uh, the uh, the finale opens on um, a cyborg soldier. Yep, it, I th- I thought it was like a glorious future with robots and teleportation and everything like that. With but but no, it's it seems like the same day, day and age. And nightboat still nightboat being nightboat. Yeah, pretty much. Like now they've now they've kind of imbued the the uh, every time there's a transition, you kind of get like an exterior shot of nightboat. Uh, sailing through the water and now the boat is uh, as far as I can tell the boat is now entirely CG and it's horrible CG yes it's the worst it's the most dated CG I mean it could actually be the invention of CG if that it may be I mean 94 it's you know all those things were kind of in their infancy and uh, this was bad yeah it was and and I think what uh, emphasize what sort of kicks off the bad of this of this particular um, episode is this um, is the, the credit music, the opening credit music. Here's a little, like, sample of it. Hey, oh, there's a hurricane. 
over the water Waiting in anticipation For the action to begin it's it's uh it makes no sense in the context of the show it's super mellow for one thing yeah. and uh uh it just it doesn't make any sense it's like this mellow music cut together with boat battles you can't like fully appreciate just hearing it because you have to like imagine hearing it while also watching our hero the heroes like hulkster and, and brew run away from explosions bikini babes running on the beach because you have to have that this is this is like one of those things where because i'm i wasn't super familiar with the show beforehand like the setups that they have in this in this montage are just the most the most random things and and in the uh in the Wikipedia, it says that they, you know, go all around the world and they, with with Nightboat, you know, solving crimes and whatnot. Yeah. And in in 22 episodes, they probably did, but uh, maybe it just seems so random coming from what we just watched. Yeah, it was a, it was a big leap, I think, in in spite of it yeah. being the same season, right? It it was a huge leap. So, anyways, what's the plot? What's the story here? So now we have um uh we're we're still at the hotel. Yep. Um now we have uh, Nicole, the bartender, is still there. And we have uh, another Jess played by a different kid. Yep. And uh, uh, Jim Neidhart is still there for some reason on the um, uh, on the beach, and he's now kind of a little bit more of an antagonist. And uh, there's a random Jamaican lady uh, as well who who's been uh, introduced to the cast. Yep. She's a new character. Yeah, uh, new character. Her, her name is, uh, uh, and I I'm not exaggerating. Her name is Trelawney. Like in real life, like her, her the actress. No, this is this is her character name. Okay, um, good. But uh, it is uh, uh, it is the most random name. <laughs> I I didn't care for her Jamaican accent. I feel like I feel like I could do a better Jamaican accent, and I don't. Yeah, I, I think anybody one. could yeah. really. But yeah. uh... <laughs> it's not a um, a dystop- a dystopian future like I like the intro would lead me to believe. No. It is a future, though. Like they, it was you know very you know early kind of virtual reality. Nobody really understood what it was, yeah, or anything like that. It was just kind of like early internet, early you know like cyber, cyber trends and that kind of thing. So like, yep. they just kind of it imbued it with with these you know their understanding of what these things were. Um, and uh, it seems pretty clear to me, uh, especially by the end, that they were just all they were trying to do was rip off Terminator Two. Oh yeah. And that and that's a thread that runs right through right yeah. until the end. It's it's hard to really describe this. You have like the kid from Step. There's a kid from Step by Step. Yeah, Brandon, Brandon Call of Step by Step, who is I believe the middle male kid yep. on Step by Step, and uh, he plays uh, Hogan's nephew and uh, uh, like a computer hacker. Yep. Uh, straight out of grad school. I don't buy for a second that he's old enough to be in grad school. <laughs> no, but, uh, he looks fifteen. Uh, yeah. Uh, unless it's kind of like a Doogie Hauser situation, which this kid is far too dumb for that for that to be for that to be plausible. But um, so he's uh, he's this hacker and he's been uh, tasked with um, uh, working on the cyborg called the Morphizing Acrylonitrile JPS Particle Organic Replica, which uh, you know it's an acronym for Major. And and the yeah. reason why he was uh, he was hired to do this is because um, uh, in the very first shot here, we see the cyborg soldier, this major uh, robot, uh, kind of running amok and indiscriminately killing uh, uh, 
uh, civilians and terrorists alike in a holodeck kind of situation. Cops, so they're trying yeah. to perfect the AI. Yeah. 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 And I guess this kid is like, I don't know, some sort of super genius or something like that. And he's supposed to be helping. There is a scientist there. There's like a scientist and a woman who is. Yeah. Him or there's whatever. two scientists. Actually. Yeah, yeah. There's like the main right. scientist and then a, a blonde uh, kind of. Uh, helping him out. So so they're trying to get uh, this AI working. Uh, the cyborg soldier by himself left his own devices is is killing everybody. Yep. Uh, but but they get uh, they get Brandon Call to come in and he mind melds with the the cyborg and he's somehow no better than the cyborg. <laughs> no. <laughs> and he's killing all the civilians too. He's playing he's playing the cyborg game. Like I play Grand Theft Auto, like he's yeah. just killing everybody, just mass killings and just yeah. ruckus and mayhem. He sucks, and that's he's, also he... a theme that he's he's just super bad at video games. Yeah. <laughs> even though they keep even though they keep giving him a gun or they keep giving him access to weapons <laughs> in a video game capacity, he's horrible at it. Well, just just to be clear, and this is this is the thing throughout this whole episode. They they don't use real guns with bullets. They use like some sort of futuristic laser gun that stuns and makes you pass out, but doesn't kill you. But it like I I I didn't understand what was going on with these guns. Like they're sort of they're semi lethal or they're yeah. they, they'll stun you, but enough shots with it will take down the cyborg for some reason. I don't know. And sometimes you can get shot with it, but it doesn't take you down until you have like three or four yeah. shots. It's there's it's a it's a totally inconsistent futuristic weapon. It's just it based on the, the plot, like basically like framed around how, however effective it needs to be during a particular moment in the plot. You know what I mean? Like it's no consistency to the to the uh the behavior of the weapon whatsoever at all. Mhm. Yeah. So basically they're like, oh no, we've got to like instill um, morals into this robot. So we, there's only one man on Earth that we <laughs> with can, morals that, with morals that we can do that with. And, and then the guy's like, who? And they're like, you know who? And it basically it's the hoaxer, obviously, because yeah, he's his uncle. He's the kid's uncle. Yeah. So what happens is uh, Hogan mind melds with the uh, with the cyborg, and the cyborg gets some of his memories. I think is is how it goes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, and uh, oh, and all through this, there's like a lot of reused footage of the cyborg floating around in the tank. But um, in this uh, in this montage, like when Hogan's doing this mind meld, it's actually I I have in my notes that it was kind of a clever way to introduce like clips from the previous season. Yeah, like the whole the whole memory thing is all like clips from I assume from the show. Yeah, and I wrote I made some notes about that. So basically, he gets offered ten grand to um to basically sit there so they can scan his his brain waves or whatever right and he comes to the the lab or whatever and they hook him up to the thing and he go and one of the scientists is like I'm honored to meet you and the Hulkster's like don't be I just do my job <laughs> that, that was the best <laughs> line ever and so they hook so him great. up like like you said they they hook him up and it's basically yeah it's like a flashback of the entire season right like it, yeah they they do the they even do the opening credits without the text i noticed that yeah exactly and like and and like i was saying like this is the only thing i will say was clever about this show like it was not a bad device to introduce introduce clips from uh from the previous season and and the whole thing went by so fast but i wrote down a few but what's great about it for us, because we've never seen, I've we've never seen any of the other episodes except for the first one, is that it's all of these out of context weirdness. And I wrote down three. 
that were kind of funny, um, that were standout shots for me. The, the first one was Nightboat had a little remote control car that it launches in the water for some reason. Yeah. Why? What um, was going on there? Yeah. There's a scene where Hulk Hogan dives in, dives in front of his partner Brew, like he's saving the president from like a bullet. Yeah. And, and there's a Jama- and the last one I wrote, um, a Jamaican dude who's also a shapeshifter. Yeah, like, did you see that scene where he's, like, he's throttling a guy, and the guy turns into Hogan? Yeah, he was throttling a Jamaican dude, and then he shape-shifted into Hulk Hogan. Yeah. and it was, like, all, all I was thinking of in that scene was, like, that scene in, in at the beginning of Rick and Morty, where the, the face falls off the cyborg, and it's just, like, it's also Morty, but it's, uh, uh, it's yeah, just, yeah. Just like, out of context, it makes no sense at all. Yeah, so so he does that, but uh-oh, uh-oh. The, uh, there's a malfunction. Yeah. So this is where, for me, it takes a sort of Phantom of the Opera sort of turn. There's like a dude who has half his face um, as metal. Yep, this is uh, uh, this is yeah. our villain uh, for this episode, uh, Darius Rampike. Kind of looks like Kano. <laughs> looks like who? Kano from Mortal Kombat. Like he's just kind of got yes. half his face missing. Yeah, he was a former um, prototype um, of the scientist, right? Who got? Yeah, it's like every cyborg story you've ever seen from the '90s. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's it's Universal Soldier. It's like it's all basically Robocop. You know any of those? It's, it, this is a heavily borrowed from Robocop. Absolutely. So he's so ba- he basically he's this family opera crafting his revenge from the from the rafters, right? Like he yeah. so he he interrupts the feed and it all malfunctions and then uh oh. The the bad the new like the current model cyborg kind of like starts to go on a rampage. Yeah, but also at the same time, kind of thinking that he's that he's uh, Hogan. Yes, that's right. Because he has because he was infused with Hogan's memories, and, and so he, for some reason everything gets kind of twisted and turned. And it's the it's the it's the major the robot's uh, major's goal uh, mission rather to um kidnap the little girl or protect the kidnap little girl? kidnap uh, Jess like in an effort to protect her i guess yes. or that's his logic that's right so they go so the so the robot escapes after beating up hulkster cuz he's a robot and brew and um he yep. escapes and they figure out where he's he's going to you know where he's going to go oh and he has a cl- yeah. the robot has a cloak like a, like a personal cloak yeah so the robot can turn invisible for I think small periods of, or short periods of time, yeah. and obviously unless he's shot or something, and uh, so he he can just turn invisible I guess because he has the same cloaking technology as Nightboat basically. So at the so what we didn't say was the little girl and I, I think the bartender they were going to go visit some rich guy um, on his private island. Okay. Yes, that's right. For no reason. Um, oh, and uh, before this, I think this is uh, um, the cliffhanger for the first part of the last. Uh, episode is that um, the blonde scientist is in cahoots with the cyborg with with Rampike. Oh right, yes, that's when this is. Re- you're absolutely right. Yeah, so the the male scientist they sort of lock up or they hide him or whatever, and yeah, the female yeah yeah, yeah scientist is is in cahoots. You're totally right. To- total plot twist. So the good little girl and um, the bartender they're going to this island, and and they explain it, and I found this really hilarious. It was that they were like, yeah. This guy's like super rich. He like made his island to look like Japan. I was like, oh, that's a weird thing to say. Mm-hmm. So they go to the island, and it's the friggin' Japanese pavilion from Epcot Center that they've just shut down to the public. Yeah, and we need to make, we should be clear. It's it like this whole show is shot in Disney World. Like the uh, yeah, uh, I believe the main hotel is the Grand Floridian Resort, and they use some of the Old West uh, uh, 
uh, scenes and setups and stuff. But here it's super obvious that they're using, you know, kind of like Disney, Disney setups and stuff. And like you said, it's like just randomly in the, uh, in the Epcot pavilion, I guess they kind of had run of the, of, <laughs> of the park park for the day or whatever and so they just use whatever and 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 it's it's funny because there's ninjas standing on the roof they yeah planted what ninjas the hell? on the roof for it's some a, what are these ninjas who is this guy that has <laughs> he has hired goons dressed as ninjas uh d- defending this island is it what is this you never meet the guy i don't remember ever meeting no. him <laughs> he's entirely off screen even at the end where they talk about how, how they how they met this guy and whatever He's is entirely off screen, so it's just you know a setup to to explain away the fact that they had to shoot this in Epcot. I guess. I get. I mean, I guess. But what's funny is, and I'm jumping ahead a little bit, and we'll come back. But like, they 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 shut they set up the sh- the scene of exteriors when they're in Japan or in the Japanese pavilion, but the rest of the episode doesn't take place in Japan. It takes place in like a water park. I think they're in like the Polynesian Resort or something here. I I definitely recognize the dam. I'm air quotes dam that they're uh, that they're fighting on like they're fighting over a, a like a bridge over a wave pool so it's like the lowest stakes in the world but it's like <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> uh, but but that's a little later on so um yeah yeah uh, sorry yeah so uh, they they do but they do go to the island yeah and uh and this is where it's kind of bizarre that you know they go into you know she's calling him dad and everything even still and and she's super upset that he's not going with them to uh to the island and and all this because they uh he he uh bailed on a trip to uh to this island with his daughter in order for him to uh to do the mind meld with the cyborg right ten thousand dollars yeah and she was like no don't go and he's like, and he was like ten thousand dollars come on for ten yeah minutes. a lot of this is, is a lot of thunder in paradise appears to be hulk hogan doing a lot of things for fairly trivial money <laughs> getting married you know my mind melding with a cyborg it's, it's uh... okay okay the best actually i made a note to mention this the best is when they're they're back in night boat um after the mind meld and they're chasing and they're going to you know intercept the guy at the island and but the guy at the island or um, major the cyborg he's reprogrammed every single weapon within a thousand mile radius to attack night boat what the hell he wants to um ace the mace is what he calls it meaning i guess outrun the missile like he's been doing up until this point yeah uh but brandon call is like uh no you can't do that the missiles have a guidance system uh you should use your pulse cannons instead yep. and they do so it's kind of like a uh a way for them to say hey this kid isn't entirely useless but to be clear he's entirely useless absolutely like he's ridiculously useless it's it's just i mean maybe that around that time he was like i don't know if he was in step by step then maybe that happened later but like i think it was around this time yeah early 90s yeah a quick a quick note about that when they're in the boat i don't know if you noticed this they show like a radar map of where the boat is in relation to north america and so presumably they're they're just going to like an island offshore or whatever but the boat's actually like almost halfway between north america and, and africa be- yeah, they're in the middle of the Atlantic. It's, I mean, I don't know. Okay. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make any sense. I measured it. I, I, I paused it, and I opened up Google Maps, and they're 3,700 kilometers away from Florida. Like, <laughs> like it doesn't it, – and I don't know why they would do why they would do that. And, it, and it's not like a one-off screen. They keep going back to this map because they keep showing, like, radar view of 
every single missile within the you know that hemisphere attacking the boat. Maybe it's to explain away the fact that they're just firing missiles at will. And, and if you were to do that, I guess near land, especially near Disney World, you would probably kill at least one person. So uh... <laughs> yeah, Disney was like, you got to make it offshore. Yeah. Okay, let's travel 3,700 kilometers offshore and we'll do it. Yeah, fine. Fine. So, and and then this is actually where the episode ends on the on the cliffhanger of all the missiles on Earth attacking, yeah. coming towards Nightboat. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, uh, as we start part two of the episode, uh, Jess and uh, Jess and them show up on the island, and Jess gets separated from them, and she's being hunted by both uh, Major, the uh, the quote unquote good cyborg, and yeah. uh, uh, Darius Rampike, the very evil overacting cyborg. Very overacting. So all the missiles are coming at them on Earth, and the kid, um, the step-by-step kid, is all like, no, man, you got to let me hook up in the, into the system <laughs> yeah. so I can destroy the missiles with my mind. And they're like, no, man, no. And then Hulk Hogan says, no, man, this isn't a video game, brother. <laughs> 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 when when it so clearly is it so it is and and what nobody will know because I didn't know is that they did make a video game a Thunder Paradise video game for the Philips CDI console yep which which was like a disc based console super like expensive back very very expensive I remember they used to sell this console using infomercials so it was like weirdly like the Xbox One before the Xbox One like they were trying to sell it as like a uh, a set-top device that you would watch movies and stuff on, and and uh, yeah, also like a media center. It also yeah. plays games. Yeah. So I I looked it up, and you've seen it too with the YouTube video of the video game. And what they did was they filmed. So basically, the video game was actually based on this episode. Yeah. And they filmed extra scenes specifically for the video game, like yeah. like a live-action video could could be played on it because it was a DVD. You know what I mean? So it was like. Yeah. It was super. I don't know. I thought it looked kind of kind of fun. Kind of yeah. Cool. It looked like an okay game. Like even even a cut above like the Sega CD and like those kinds of early disc games that they used to have with uh, with full motion video and stuff. Like it seemed like they put some effort into this. But at the same time, like it's the early '90s, so I think uh, yeah. they didn't really understand how to monetize this uh, like interactive software and that kind of stuff. So maybe this no. is you know them trying to get some money out of the show when the show was clearly like on its last leg. Yep, absolutely. Like, and that's just it. They were just going out. And so, so they, so the, uh, they let Zach control, um, you know, the, the yeah. defense system with his mind. He kills them all. And then uh-huh. there was, there was a line where it was like, gutter scum out for revenge. Worst kind to deal with. What does that and mean? What is like, he says this line about the gutter scum and then he's like, it's the worst kind of scum. Like there's a good kind of scum <laughs> or like degrees of scum. It's just, I, Okay, I don't know. And then no, but then doesn't one of them just then say right after, "Come on, let's clean up the gutter." I think it was yeah, set up no, for that. No, Hogan line. himself. He goes, "Yeah, let's clean the gutter." <laughs> what? what? It doesn't make it. It was stupid. Yeah. It was very dumb. It was yeah. very dumb. So so they so they get rid of the missiles. They get to the island and and and, and I made a I made a note here that there are bad guys attacking ninjas with the lasers. Yeah. And and that's the least messed up thing that I've seen. Like that's like a normal thing. That's the bad guys attacking ninjas using lasers is a normal thing now. And this ninja fight just comes out of nowhere. Like I, I think, unlike you, I didn't notice the the ninjas crawling all over the uh, crawling all over the resort uh, at the beginning. So these ninjas literally came out of nowhere. I was like, where did these ninjas come from? <laughs> no, 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 no. To be fair, they were just standing on top of the resort, staring. Yeah. 
So, uh, so you 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 could have missed them because they're ninjas, right? Yeah. They blend. They yeah, blend. they blend in. Yeah, they're they're more stealth than anything else in the show. But it's uh, uh, I didn't see I didn't see where they came from. They just come pouring out of the pouring out of the the forest. Uh, one guy does the nunchuck trick where he's like he does the a bunch of nunchucks and one of the one of the goons just shoots him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Another another Indiana Jones uh, reference. It, it's. It was so dumb, and so they get the they get to the Hulk and them get to the island, and Hulk fights off against what's his name the um, uh, Rampike Rampike, and Brew fi- fights just a random like yeah um, just a random goon. But they're fighting, they're fighting for a few minutes, but Brew has a fucking gun in his pocket. Yeah, I don't know why he doesn't just shoot the guy. Shoot the guy in the leg, yeah, or threaten him with it or something. Like ah, <laughs> instead he gives him like fifty roundhouse kicks to the face, and it doesn't do anything. Yeah, it doesn't do anything, and um. Zach is still hooked up to the the headset thing that he was wearing in the uh, in the boat, and he somehow has a connection to uh, like he's seeing through uh, Major the other cyborg Major's eyes, and yes. they're trying to use this to determine where where the cyborg is on the island because they that cyborg is after Jeff too, and uh, yeah. Jeff yep. Jeff is uh, hiding in the forest. And so Zach sees, uh, uh, he sees her there and he's, and he assumes correctly that, uh, the other cyborg is cloaked and is going straight towards her. And so he, the, the girl, uh, Jess kind of runs up to him. They runs up to Zach yeah. thinking that he's like coming to rescue her. And he kneels down like he's going to shoot her. <laughs> <laughs> and the woman and the and the bartender and her and her Jamaican friend are like, what is he doing? What? <laughs> Why shoot her? Because for all the work, because the, the cyborg is cloaked, so like for all all, all they know, like he's actually going to shoot her. And 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 what happens? This idiot is so bad at shooting that he actually does shoot her. <laughs> he does. He shoots her and he, and she she passes out. And so the cyborg carries her away now, unconscious and. And Hogan and uh, and Brew show up, and Hogan does the best, like, jazz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when she disappears, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think, uh, I think they, they, you need to hear that. Yeah, yeah, okay, here it is. Hold on. Jessica! And so after afterwards, um, uh, Major takes the girl back to the lab, obviously, yeah. right? But his version of saving her is that he has to, like, take take her back to his pool, right? Where he can live underwater, but he doesn't realize that she can't live underwater, right? So that's yeah. the, like, yeah. the danger situation that they find themselves in, stopping him from taking her underwater. This is also the second time in two episodes that the bad guy has tried to drown this girl. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh, God. So, so they're back at the lab. Uh, Brew is fighting um, Rampike and uh, still not using his gun. His gun's in his holster in his hip yeah, holster. They opt for hand-to-hand combat for whatever reason. Yeah, it's a magnum too. It's like a huge ass gun. It's like you can it's just dangling there. So so the woman shoots um the woman the the bad scientist woman shoots the hulkster with a ray gun, but he's like whatever. Doesn't affect him, doesn't care. Yeah, he's no sells it completely. What what is happening here? <laughs> Are these the guns get less powerful as the episode goes on. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah, so he's trying to stop um, the cyborg, the major cyborg from taking Jessica into the water. Yeah. She's still passed out. She's still point. passed out. So his, and what was funny is his method of trying to stop him from taking her to the water was by diving behind him and pushing them both <laughs> into the water. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> 
I don't know how that was supposed to work. He like kind of tackles him with the with yeah as she's holding the as he's holding the girl, and so luckily the girl instantly wakes up when she hits the water. She hits the water because that happens, and uh, yeah, that has to happen. And they have an underwater little battle uh, for a while, which bothered me. I didn't like that. That was weird because then like yeah. like this guy they've been fighting this major for, for the whole episode, like literally dishing a punishment, and he's had no effect. No effect. They are underwater. And the Hulk hits him with a little tube. Yeah, and he just kind of like. like uh, oh, you know what it is? It's like um, it's the plug that goes into the uh, that the cyborg is like the umbilical cord for the for the cyborg. Right. And he unplug he unplugs it and then hits him with it, and and you see the cyborg kind of float to the bottom like he's he's passed out. Yeah, I mean you can't hit something with a lot of force. Somebody with a lot of force underwater, and yeah. that was like a plastic tube with a metal a metallic end it looked like but still yeah like, maybe but i mean i don't i don't think you're knocking out a cyborg who you know isn't being killed with guns uh <laughs> no. with, with this thing but he climbs out and uh the cyborg does like uh the horror movie kind of trope where he comes back for one more and uh he he comes out and and then we get the weirdest scene like this scene is the strangest scene like with the strangest dialogue where the cyborg is trying to figure out what his directive is yeah he's talking about how uh his directive is to uh is to rescue jess and all this and he's trying to figure out what his target is and he goes to hogan and he goes and hogan goes no it can't be me i'm i'm her father i'm you know yeah. i'm you can't you can't kill me and uh eventually he comes around to uh uh it's himself that uh you know you have to kill the one that uh was trying to drown her a second ago <laughs> yeah. and yeah. so so he does the Terminator 2 thing where he, you know, goes and kills himself in water this time. And he just disappears or something? Like Yeah, I don't know what happens to him. He just kind of goes in there. It's it's the scene from Terminator 2 except, you know, in Terminator 2 it was lava yeah. or or molten steel that would have destroyed him, but uh this time he just go this cyborg just goes into the water where he just was. <laughs> where he lives like that's his where he lives where it's his natural it's his natural <laughs> habitat that's his room and he's uh, and he uh 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 just he goes in there and that's the end of that and then the and then the kid sort of just um what does the kid say the kid's like in the end he was even more human than them and i was like what <laughs> yeah no he wasn't <laughs> he was far from human like of course the show ends with B- the uh, montage of bikini girls running after the dude from bikini girls. This one is interminable. This one, this one was long. Yeah. Oh, they fill that. Like, and it's funny. I'm when I made notes on the second episode here, I have a lot less notes because I think because there were two scenes: this scene and then an earlier one where it was like five or so minutes of just mm-hmm. a montage of bikini girls yeah at, fr- at first i thought maybe they had tightened up the pacing of something of the episodes but no they just kind of filled it with <laughs> with these random bikini scenes yeah and it's just like it's it's ludicrous i mean i have nothing against bikini babes but you, you're sure. like you're breaking up <laughs> the, the awesome action and storyline and plot with yeah. just all right i get it i get you know what i mean you're at a beach and and they kind of use this as like oh they they say like zach uh the 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 hacker has uh uh he's collected his reward and his reward is like a bunch of bikini girls running at him and and you know waiting on him hand and foot yeah exactly so i think and that's it and then the episode and the series ended forever so i think overall i liked this show because it was so bad and so representative of what i think was like vanity projects like like 
you know, this is a pure vanity project for Hulk Hogan back Absolutely, then. Absolutely, yeah. And it's also like a snapshot of uh, of the time. What did you think of it overall? Uh, you know what? I think, you know, it wasn't a terrible watch. It wasn't uh, as hard to watch as I thought, despite the length. Yeah. And, and I mean, if you fast forward through some of the bikini scenes, it's not really all that bad. So, um, uh, yeah. So, I, I, you know, I, I don't think I would watch this again, but it wasn't terrible. I wouldn't watch yeah. it, and I wouldn't watch any of the episodes either. Yeah. I will say that I'm a little bit biased because, like, anything with, like, a cool vehicle or, like, a Knight Rider kind of situation, I would totally, yeah. you know, I give a bit of a pass. But you, I would hope that you would expect, and I would expect, at, to at least, like, maybe use it, utilize it more, like, have it more in the episode. So, this has been uh, TV or GTFO, and uh, I'm Fashion Hingu. And I'm Gary Heather, and we're going to leave you... Uh, with uh, th- uh, this lovely sound of the Hulkster in the throes of passion. There's a hurricane blowing in over the water Waiting in anticipation for the action to Oh, oh. TV or GTFO?